Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Okay, if you have your Bibles, digital or otherwise, you're going to want to open them up. And you can start and open it up to uh, Genesis chapter 12 to start. We're going to be all through the Bible, which you probably would expect. Um, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we have one to give to you. Or if you forgot yours, because um, yours isn't digital, that you'd have with you, you could um, grab one of ours and make it your own, or just borrow it if you need to. Okay, I don't know if you know this. Most people don't. But Christmas is, is literally a Jewish holiday. It's a Jewish celebration. But we don't think that way, do you? Oh, you don't celebrate because you might have some Jewish in you, so you don't do that. No, it's a Jewish holiday. And I'm not trying to be funny. Like, it literally is. But nobody knows that, including the Jews. I was sitting with one of my uh, Jewish friends. He's a Messianic Jew, and we were talking about this and talking about how when he talks to his his friends that are Jewish and he's explaining to this to them, they're like, whoa, I never saw that. And what we're talking about is all this stuff that's in the word of God that you don't see. All this stuff that basically we are the fulfillment of Jewish promises. Jesus is a Jewish promise. And so for this holiday, we're going to focus on that. But what we, the reason we're doing this is because Christmas has a routine. You get in your routines, you have your way of doing things. And if that routine gets messed up, uh, you, you get thrown off and... Even more so, when you have a routine, you miss why you did it in the first place, right? Like, sometimes you can do a birthday party and forget that you're actually celebrating that person. Like, I think about that all the time when I get invited to someone's birthday party and all these people show up. You don't even have to say hey to the person whose birthday it is. It's a party, right? You're hanging out with your friends and interacting, and that person kind of gets forgotten sometimes. I mean, sure, we sing happy birthday and give them presents or whatever, but it's so easy to get lost in the celebration, you forget where it came from. And... The reality is, is that this time has all of this meaning behind it, and we miss it. So, for example, that song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. By the way, I'll back up uh, Tyler. We were all giving him the thousand-mile stare. Like, it was crazy. I was like, why is it so quiet in here right now? Like, even I was sitting, Trevor was next to me clapping during Go Tell on the Mount. Like, yeah, this is awesome. And you could just hear his clap. So that clap, you're wondering what that was? That was Trevor. Like, it's like... But the song, too, you hear all these Christmas songs. Like, oh, that one. And you get in the routine of singing it, and you miss what's in it. And so this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we're going to talk about a little bit. What I'm going to try to do during this month is try to take all of those traditions, all of those things we see, and give you the history of where it came from. So that this holiday won't be one of those things where you miss, and you miss why we even have it, which is to celebrate that the light of the world came, that God himself came with us. And for that reason, life is different to the point where this this joy, if you understand what's really happened, this joy will spring up where you want to go tell it on the mountain, where you want to tell people about this amazing thing that happened. But there's so much tradition, so much great stuff, or let me rephrase that, so much good stuff that it covers up the great. Like, it's a holiday, but holiday means something completely different nowadays. Um, 
did you know that Halloween is officially a holiday now? I'm a big fan of Halloween. I think it's pretty cool. You get the candy, dress up. It's a great family tradition. Um, but holiday? Like, really? And so Christmas is a holiday. Easter's a holiday. Columbus Day, holiday. Do you know where that word comes, like where we got the word holiday from it being a holy day? And we all know this. I'm not bagging on Christmas, but we have so much stuff going on that it's now a holiday. And it's no longer a holy day. And it's not a time where we get to draw near to Christ and adore him in a new way. It's like, I just want to make it through the holidays. You know, but it's a holy time. And so my hope is, is that for this month that we can step back and see all these beautiful things that are happening during Christmas and realize where it came from and the holiness. It'll be like a, like a moment of prayer for us where we can go, oh, that song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But for many of us, it's like me when I was, um, so I grew up in just, you know, normal, well, I guess normal family, broken, normal family. And uh, I remember one night we were sitting uh, at, we, we lived with another family. My mom moved in with this other family, and it was my brother and I, and we were living with them, and they had their Christmas party. We didn't really know them that well, so we were living with them, and they're doing their little Christmas party thing. And everyone's over there, and they're singing. They're singing, Chris, not Christmas carols like Jingle Bells. I knew those. But I mean like the Christmas hymns, like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And so like I would be able to do the rejoice part. Rejoice, rejoice. I could do that part, but then they'd get to the words, and I didn't know them, which wouldn't be a big deal if not everybody else in the room actually knew the words. And they did. Everybody knew them but my brother and I and my mom. So it's like, mm-hmm. And you don't, you're kids, so you don't want to look stupid. So you just keep like moving your mouth, but you're not, there's no words. You're kind of just like a half second behind the word rejoice, Emmanuel. Like after they sang it, then I'd catch up. Because we don't know these things. And so you hear this song, and I said, let's play it before. Well, Tyler brought up the idea of playing it before and playing it afterwards. And it was amazing. Like, none of you guys knew it. You're like, oh, that song. And some of you are like, I kind of know that song. But you definitely know, don't know the meaning behind it and how Jewish that song is and how much richness is there. And so we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that song, but we're especially going to get into Scripture. And I'm going to go back to a lot of, um, a lot of prophecies, okay? So a lot of promises that are in Scripture. And then we'll come back to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So if we go to the first slide, Lou. And you're going to want to go to Genesis chapter 2. So slide over there to Genesis chapter 2. I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 12. So this is talking to Abraham, okay? Um, At this point, he's Abram. And this is, if you don't know who Abraham is... He is the father of the Jewish nation. Now, when we're talking the nation, we're not talking about the political area of Israel. We're not, we're not really even talking as much about the land as we're talking about the people. Okay? God's chosen people. So these are God's chosen people, and they come through Father Abraham. Right? That's why they call him Father, because he's the first. And so God makes him a promise. He says, I will make you a great nation. This is one guy. And his wife, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. 
and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then later, when um, Abraham was called to, to take his son Isaac and sacrifice him, which sounds crazy talk. We're not going to go through that scripture right now and explain all that. But after that situation, when he didn't, when God said, no, you don't have to. I just want to make sure you, you were obedient to me. This is what God says to Abraham. He says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, I want you to notice a pattern here. He's telling Abraham, look, I'm going to bless you and your people from here on out, but your people are going to bless the world. You will bless the earth, all the nations of the earth, all the nations. The nations, as we talked about, is not political, it's ethnicity, it's your background. And so for anyone that's not Jewish, they're saying, look, it's going to bless you as well. I'm blessed. I'm not Jewish, but I'm blessed because of the people of Abraham and what God has done. And he made a promise that he would do this. But notice that he says, in your seed. And some of your translations will say descendants, but there is no S on the end of that word. In Hebrew, that is a singular word. And so let's go to the next slide, please. And in the New Testament, referring to Jesus, this is what they said. Now look at Galatians 3.16. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds. Right? Because you'd say, your descendants. Your children. You know, children is a plural word, even though it doesn't have an S on the end. But in Hebrew, they even were referring back to this. And Paul says to the people in Galatia, he says, look. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, and that is Christ. Because remember what was said in Genesis chapter 12, the blessing will come through you. And that's why in Matthew 1.1, it says the record of the genealogy of Jesus, and and we're not going to give you the detailed version of this, but the Messiah was the son of David, the son of Abraham. He's from the lineage of Abraham. Jesus is Jewish. He's the fulfillment of that promise that was all the way back then, and we can miss that. And so the people of Israel, you need to understand, have gone through a ridiculous amount. In the next year, we're going to do a series on on that and for us to understand our heritage, Um, especially for those of you who are in the boat with me who are not Jewish, you're grafted in. The Jews are part of this promise, and so are we. That's how God does things. But we miss the fullness of what's happening here. And there is something really big happening here, and we can miss it. For example, these promises that we're going to look at from the Old Testament. You know, we call it the Old Testament, but nobody really knows what that means. We just call it the old one and then the new one. The Old Testament was historically written 450 years before Christ came. Now, some people may go, I don't know if it was really 450. We know for sure it was 258. Because that's when Ptolemy, Philadelphus, see how smart you guys are getting right now? Ptolemy, Philadelphus, he had the Septuagint written, which is basically the Greek version of the Old Testament. Which means today, if all we had was the Hebrew Old Testament, none of you read Hebrew, right? So can we put it in our own language? And that language at that time was Greek. So that's the Septuagint. So they took it and they translated it. So we know that we had the full Old Testament 258 years before Christ came. So when we look at these prophecies and we see them being fulfilled, and there are a ridiculous amount of them, and then I had to just keep cutting them out, but we're going to hit a lot of them in the next month, 
we get to see, whoa, we're part of something really big. Like this was predicted. This was foretold. This was promised. And Abraham is way before 100, 450 B.C., way before that. And yet this promise is all the way here in, in the first century when Paul is talking to the people of Galatia saying, hey, this is the fulfillment of that promise. There's another promise I want us to look at, another part of the fullness here. I want us to look at Isaiah 7.14. So we, we know when we look at Luke chapter 1 and 2 and in the beginning of Matthew and um, and the Gospels in general, they talk about how Jesus came to be born. Next week, we're going to most likely be looking at the nativity. You see that all the time, right? But it's just a nativity. We don't know the history behind it. We don't know the details of how full that picture is. But we do know, and we'll talk about that today, is that Mary was a virgin. What in the world was God thinking? Seriously, like, can you give us something a little more believable? Like, that's pretty crazy talk, isn't it? Like, by a chance, anyone here, virgin, got pregnant? Anyone? Hoku? No? No? Okay. So, I can do that with Hoku. I just realized what I just did. That was really embarrassing. See, guys are like, I don't get it. And all the girls went, I can't believe you just did that. And since I'm married and learning, I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. So, sorry. Please forgive me on that one. So back here at Isaiah 7, as quickly as we can get there. Um, so we know that she was a virgin, but do we know that that was promised? Like here in Isaiah seven fourteen, this was a promise. Hundreds, hundreds. Isaiah is probably about between 600 and 800 years before Jesus was born. This was the promise about the Messiah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And as we talked about what a sign is, a sign is a promise or an arrow pointing you towards God. God will give you an arrow, a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now you're wondering why it's spelled with an I. Because it's in Hebrew, it doesn't matter. I, E, whichever one, it's all phonetic. That word Emmanuel, if they hear that word, when the Hebrews hear that word, they know what that word means. Because it's an actual word. So, for example, if I had a son and I named him Cash, you'd go, oh, like money? Or if you named your, you know, daughter um, Summer, like, oh, does she, do you like the summer? Is summer important to you? Like, there's some symbolism there, right? There's some importance for that. The word Emmanuel means God with us. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, Isaiah is bringing this promise to a a king named Ahaz. And Ahaz needed, needed to hear that promise because he was freaking out. Not that you guys would ever freak out or be overwhelmed or consumed because life seems like it's too much to handle. I'm sure you guys all have it all under control and you wake up every morning and go to bed with this just peace because, hey, it's all good. But Ahaz was not feeling that way. He's a normal human being and he had a situation going on in his country and he was afraid. And Isaiah is actually almost yelling this at Ahaz because he's saying, look, you need to depend on God. He wants to promise you something. Ask him for a sign. 
And he's like, no, 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 I can't ask. He's like, oh, really? Well, he's going to give you a sign anyways. Like, that's how he kind of says it. Because he needs to hear this. He needs to know that God has not left him alone. He's not left the people of Israel alone. They are not abandoned by God. And so he tells him, there will be a son, and his name will be Emmanuel, because God is with us. And if you really think about that, and if you know, if you know that God is with you, do you really have to worry about anything? I refer back to all the time when I was in, uh, I was taking some kids to a camp similar to this Oak Ridge camp, and we were at the camp, and we asked the question of the teenagers, hey, if God were to come into this room right now, what question would you have for him? And one of the guys said, if God comes into this room right now, I don't have any more questions. And I thought, that, that's true. And that is what Isaiah is trying to communicate from God to Ahaz. Look, you don't believe it? You don't want to hear it? Well, I'm just going to tell you, God is with you, and he's even going to give you a sign. The people of Israel will not be abandoned. Let's go to the next slide. Because this is what we hear about happening at Christmas. This promise, this promise to the Jewish people, we hear all the time, and yet we can miss it. And so we're going to take our time and look through here at Luke chapter 1. One month later, God sent the angel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth in Galilee with a message for a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to Joseph. Joseph was from the family of King David, right? And King David was a child of Abraham. The angel greeted Mary and said, you are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what they meant. Next slide, please. Then the angel told Mary, don't be afraid. You know, Mary needs to hear this as well, because like Ahaz, she's probably freaking out. And angels, quite often, when they show up, are scary in themselves, especially when they come with a message from God, so they have to say, don't be afraid. God is pleased with you, and you will have a son. His name will be Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the Son of God Most High. The Lord God will make him king as his ancestor David was. He will rule the people of Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm not married. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come down to you. And God's power will come over you. For your child will be called the Holy Son of God. Promises made concerning Jesus were made way before so that we would know without a doubt that God knows what he's doing. Now, I don't know why God takes so long to get to things. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. God is never in a hurry. But when you see these promises and you see them fulfilled, it lets you know, it reminds you. And trust me, this isn't the only stuff. We're going to keep looking at this every Sunday. But we're going to look and see that God has not left us alone. He's trying to encourage us. He's trying to give us a sign. And this season, which is a holy day, can turn into a holiday so quick. But it's meant to remind us 
that God is with us, that we're not alone, and that when you're freaking out and you're overwhelmed, that you need to know that God is with us. And when you hear that song played in the malls or on the radio or wherever you hear it, or whatever version you hear, whether it's the version we did, or whether it's the you know, full-on band, or whether it's the heavy metal version, that the words are the same. God is with us. But, like, it's just a song, right? And these are just scriptures. How do I really know that God is with us? I heard this analogy. I was, I was reading it, and I thought, this is so appropriate for us. What this guy was saying was he says that, that prayer is the breathing of the soul. You've probably heard that before. He's not the only one that said it. Prayer is, is it's like the breathing of the soul. And an appropriate analogy is the fact that you need oxygen. We all know we need oxygen, right? And it surrounds you. Like, the oxygen surrounds all around you. What you need most is surrounding you. And it's actually trying to get in. It's like there, there, you have this outside pressure from oxygen trying to get into you. And you hear that scripture... Uh, from Revelations 2, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, we will come in and make our home with you. We will come and eat with you. We will be with you. And in the same way, this oxygen is outside of you wanting to get in. And I know this, um, especially right now, because uh, my son's swimming, and it seems really boring to sit outside and look at him while he swims back and forth, so I jump in the pool and swim. And this guy I met that I swim with uh, is killing me because he loves to do these things called lung busters. And what he wants to do, he's like, all right, you get all excited. He's always pumped up all the time. It's really annoying. And he wants to like, so we put on the fins and the lung busters means you just swim underwater all the way to the other side, right? But not just once. In fact, he tells me that ahead of time. Let's do 10 sets. And so we go underwater and you think you get to rest for a while, but not with this guy. So, all right a 15 second break and then we do it again and as i'm underwater i've gotten to the point where i just had to admit to him like look dude about number four or five like about halfway i'm just popping up and getting some breath i know you keep going but as i'm going i can feel like the pressure like when you're not breathing you know something's wrong it's like you can sense that the oxygen is like okay it's time to get in there and then when you pop up it's like oh you open up and the air just comes in and you know that everything's set right again God is with us. He surrounds us. And Jesus says, look, I stand at the door and knock. All you've got to do is open up. And I will come in and make my home with you. That is a promise. And God is surrounding us. He's with us. But we, we get to do these foolish like lung busters from the Holy Spirit where we just don't let him in. We don't pray. We don't pause. We don't just trust that God is going to indwell us. And so we just keep moving, holding our breath through life. And yet this season, if anything, I'm trying to give us these little handles that will make us stop. So the next time you hear a Christmas hymn, you'll actually stop and try to listen to it. And maybe even listen to the word and turn that into a time of prayer. Or, you know, during, the, during this, when you see the nativities, and there's plenty. And if you walk into my house, like, I don't know what happened, but there's a million nativities. I don't know if that's in your house, but they're all in my house. And so it's like I've got all these moments now that I can pray because it's surrounding me. And we'll hit a couple other ones. But I want to focus on this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I want you to hear 
the depth of what's happening here. There's one last promise that I want you to see. So if we could, um, uh, if we could go to the slide that talks about, um, well, let's go to the one that talks about the, the stem of Jesse. I think Ty, Tyler just went back to make sure we had that. Um, so in this song, it's a long song, by the way. We cut out a bunch of the uh, verses because there's just too many. Um, too many for us because you get to that point where like, why are we still singing this? So um, in the song, it says, it talks about the stem of Jesse. And you're like, what? The stem of Jesse? What the heck does that mean? Well, in Isaiah 11, so if you have your Bibles, go to Isaiah 11. Um, so here's the verse, and then we'll jump here in a second to Isaiah 11. But, O come thou rod of Jesse's stem. Um, so rod is like a stick, not like a beating rod, but a stick of Jesse's stem. So from the root of Jesse. Jesse, um, well, that's the, that's the line of Abraham. From every foe deliver them that trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory over the grave. This entire song, we're going to sing it again after the message, it's Jewish, like through and through. Not written by a Jewish person, but it's, Jesus is the is a promise of the Jews, and so this song represents that. Now in Isaiah 11.1, 1, if you're there, it'll come up here on the screen here in a second. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Okay? So the stump of Jesse is the people of Israel. Okay? So it's the metaphor for that. So imagine this beautiful tree, because in Isaiah 10, it talks about the forest being cut down, because God had to, like, clean up the mess. And so the people of Israel, because they didn't obey God, they fell apart. Um, it's the consequence of not following God. So they fall apart, and all that's left is a stump. Okay? So if you've ever seen The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein, the stump at the end, like, that's it. The stump. That's all that's left. And so when you see that, you're like, oh, there's the death. Like, it no longer exists. And the people of Israel are abandoned. They're, um, they're in exile. They feel like, where, where's God? Our promises are God. He, he, he left us alone. God left us. Look at us. We're a disaster. We're scattered all over the place. A shoot, though, will come up from the stump of Jesse. Now, the stump of Jesse, the people of Israel, it's also saying who that stump is going to be. And imagine if you've seen, seen like, just this little shoot, which means a little, like, what else is there for a name for shoot, by the way? I can't call it a branch yet when it just starts to spring up. But it's like, a, it's like the stem starts to come out. This song is a reminder to us. Like just like it happened there, God is fulfilling his promise. Although it looked like everything was done, although it looked like everything was a disaster, everything was destroyed, the people of Israel, they're abandoned. No, they're not. No, they're not. Because a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Who's the him? The Messiah. The son of God. The, this, is who he, this is who he's going to be. This is the family he's coming from. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of of the Lord. And as Isaiah 11 and 12 and 13 and 14 go on and on to talk about this Messiah and give us the details of how to recognize him. And this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is a reminder to us. Someone wrote it because they remember these promises. 
They knew their Old Testament promises, and they knew Jesus, and they knew the New Testament, and they knew history, and they knew, oh my gosh, look what's happening here. Like, God has not abandoned us. I still don't know why he takes so long to get to the point, but he's just taking his time, but he's here. He has not left us. We are not alone. Go tell it on the mountains. Go tell everybody what has happened. God has fulfilled his promise, and Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise. I don't know what you're going through, but I know you're human. And so I know that like Ahaz, you are freaking out. And this season is to be that time to remind us, to remind us that God is with us. He is surrounding us. And this holy day, these holidays have been created to give us the space to remember. Just like we do birthdays for people, we want to to remind them, look, we're glad you were born. We want to remind you that, and we need to be reminded of how special you are. And yet this birthday celebration for the Son of God, the Messiah, the Emmanuel, the God with us, is covered up in such a routine that we can miss it. And take the opportunity to do what Jesus invited us to do, to know that he stands at the door and knocks. And all we have to do is open up. God's spirit is surrounding us. He has promised himself to us. And he has a bigger plan than what we've already shared this morning. This is a joyous time. And I'm just like you. I'm not smiling all the time because I need to take those moments to pray. I need to take those moments to breathe in the truth of what's happening and to invite him back in. Even though I'm already following Christ, I still need to take those moments because I lose my way. And so I want to invite the worship team up, and they're going to lead us in singing this song, um, Emmanuel. I want to invite you guys to please stand. If it's easier for you to pray or to wrestle with this sitting down, please do so. Um, But especially, not just this morning, but throughout this season, look for those moments. Look for those little dance recitals that you're going to. Look for those Christmas concerts that you're going to. Those... How the Grinch stole Christmas. Whatever it is, God is surrounding us. And it doesn't just have to be a religious thing for you to be reminded that you're not alone. That God is with us. He has not abandoned us.